I'm here with, how, how do you say your name? It's Kashma Maharaj. Kashma. Yep, Kashma. <laughs> Alright. Who, who are you, Kashma? Just introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, well, I am from Trinidad and Tobago, which is a small island in the Caribbean. And uh, presently, I'm a competitive bodybuilder. Um, I've competed in the Caribbean, uh, North America, and Europe. Uh, I also uh, do wrestling, boxing, and MME. I'm getting into professional wrestling at the time and um, also looking at pursuing uh, competitive mixed martial arts in the near future. Mm -hmm. What made you want to, what got you into martial arts or anything, anything that had to do with fitness? Uh, Well, I've been into different sports since I was a child. and, uh, you know, I started with track and fields, but pretty much my first sport was martial arts. I, I started when I was seven and I continued up until I was about 17. Um, and I, you know, competed in tournaments in the Caribbean. Uh, I was actually a martial arts instructor because I had, you know, completed my training and was a black belt. So, um, that was my first real, you know, sport and competitive sport. And um, I just maintained my practice as I got older, you know, and I would um, visit different studios whenever I travel or back home in Trinidad and train with uh, different uh, instructors, learn different styles, train with um, people who are competing internationally. And yeah, that, that that's how I got into martial arts. Uh, bodybuilding came much later on when I I got out of college and was in my 20s. And it was just something that I quickly got addicted to and just could not get enough of. And um, pretty much been a part of my life for the last uh, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And you want to compete in, in MMA or w- w- what is it? Do you Muay Thai something? What, what is it? Uh, well, I do mostly grappling and kickboxing. So I prefer getting people down on the mat because I have pretty large, uh, powerful legs when it comes to kicking. And they're pretty strong when you do grappling and you, you know, pin people or uh, hold them in uh, different moves, whether it's a grapevine or scissors, just uh, have very strong legs. So, um, yeah, right now I'm training to uh, do professional wrestling and my martial arts, it's more or less uh, just... um, what do you call it? Uh, for my personal uh, practice at this point in time, but I do want to get into competing next year more seriously. Mm-hmm. And is, what? What in like? What, what? What inspired you to do martial arts? Was there anything that made you want to be in martial arts? Um, well, I mean, when I was a kid, Karate Kid was the movie at the time and you know i saw all of them wax on wax off and (laughs) i just thought it was cool even as a little girl to see a kid do things like that you know and be able to like fight and defend themselves um it and you know as as a little girl i was growing up in trinidad with a bunch of um two little brothers and um you know boy cousins so we were always rough and tumbling and you know uh play fighting as we call it and um 
yeah, martial arts just seems like just another thing to get into because my parents tried getting me into Bali and that absolutely didn't work. I hated it. I was quite the tomboy. So I used to run away from Bali and go to my brother's martial arts class. And eventually my parents caught up with me and, you know, they just let me do it. And um, yeah, it was it was a passion. Um, when I when I get into something I like, I try to, you know, be my be the best. And from the age of seven, I was competitive. I was, you know, training with boys, training with teenagers, training with people that were bigger than me and stronger than me. And I just quickly earned my different belts. You know, I went from white to yellow to orange to green, blue, brown, purple, black, you know, in, in before I was uh, 15. Yeah, yeah. Uh- you know, I don't know. Martial arts for me, it's a, it's so different because, um, I mean, I was named after Bruce Lee's son. So it was like, that was just my whole life. So it was always like from the age of like four all the way to, you know, doing that. And then I didn't discover my first martial art was Taekwondo. So I did not discover uh, jujitsu till I was like 13 or 14. So right. I was very, I was very kind of like sheltered in that way. Like I only knew one side and then, right. then you find out like there's a whole thing you have to learn in the ground and it's a lot more different and you just keep learning and learning and, you know, um, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu is my school. So it's like, that's the, like it's, there's all these amazing schools and amazing martial arts. So I'm always fascinated by people who study any type of martial arts. Right. Well, the school that I went to in Trinidad was called uh, the Purple Dragon Martial Arts Institute. But even then, which was um, when I was seven, I would have been 1988. So um, even then, that school, they taught 16 different martial art forms. And I mean, you didn't learn them all at the same time, obviously. But there were different instructors there. So from then, I was exposed to, you know, karate, as they call it, or Kung Fu, Taekwondo, uh, Muay Thai, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Capoeira, uh, Kung Fu, if I said it before, Taekwondo, everything, you know, there's Kam Gra. I I have my book still, and I look at it and I was like, wow, you know, now MME is a big thing, and back then I didn't even know, like, that's what I was doing, and, you know, the world is really fascinated by this fighting style and this new competitive sport. Mm. do you watch mma at all or are you one of those people that doesn't like to watch fighting but likes to compete oh i watch it i mean i don't watch you know each event live Mm. or whatever i might just (laughs) youtube it afterwards but i do watch and who do you think is um at least currently the one of the best fighters in your eyes conor mcgregor (laughs) (laughs) okay that's interesting that's interesting (laughs) you don't like him too much no i you know i i think well i'm waiting for for him i'm waiting for his return i feel i feel like he i don't Mm. know i feel like he he elevated the sport like in an insane way you know he definitely you know when he fought floyd which you know a lot of people didn't think that fight was going to happen or you know they weren't going to box i i was like i'm i was open-minded about that but the you know, the, you know, I did not think for a second that he would win, at least right. not not in TKO. Maybe I don't know. Right. I just I just didn't think he had the, maybe on points or something. But even yeah. that would have been really really surprising. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. 
Like the, I, I just didn't see that happening, but you know, um, he it was to, exciting. I thought it was great. It was a, it was a great event. I thought I thought yeah. the hype and the what what he was saying, you know, everything he was mm-hmm. doing just made it like, oh, he might be able to do it. Like it was just like a, a slim chance that he could actually, uh, you know, defeat him. And yes, you know, I think just I just think Floyd is a lot. I don't know. He's a lot smarter, like in the sense of like he knows what he's doing at every mm-hmm. moment. Well, he's had a lot more experience in the boxing ring. I'm sure if he was to go at it with Connor in a cage, he wouldn't last ten seconds. Uh, I, I, that, yeah, that's always the the, the 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 kind of harp on boxing. It's so one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, boxing's hard, though. I mean, yeah, you, I do boxing as well, and when you're done, your shoulders and your upper back feels like you were trying to like punch through a wall or something you know it just yeah it's a really good upper body workout and but it's a totally different physical activity than martial arts martial arts is your whole body you know mm-hmm. yeah it's, yeah i feel like yeah that, like it doesn't translate very well like you know the mm-hmm. boxing to mma i mean it does somewhat but you know there's always the like footwork yeah the footwork is different the you know where your strength lies is different you know because i'm very good at mme but i use my legs i'm on the ground kind of person yeah i could i've knocked people out i've you know broken noses i've knocked teeth out whatever you know using my fists but i rely more heavily on my legs for anything because one kick, one solid kick to a person's core or thighs or whatever, and they're down for a while and hurting, you know? Mm. A punch, you could sometimes suck it up depending on, you know, if you tighten your core well enough or you turn away from it quick enough. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's one of the one of the best, if not the greatest. But, you know, there's, you know, you got George St. Pierre that mm-hmm. just came back, which, I, you know, that was amazing to me because, you know, you know, there's that 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 ring rust myth, which I I'm not sure if it's true or not. Um, mm-hmm. And there was there's a lot of questions behind if he could do it. Um, um, then you also have Demetrius Johnson, which the only reason he's not as amazing as these other uh, fighters is because he's so he's a much smaller weight class. I think and that's really right. the only reason. Um, mm-hmm. But he's the most tactical and it, it just 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 the best. In terms of how skilled he is, yeah. Well, I have my favorites, and my favorites, I I tend to like them not just because of in the ring, but out of the ring, you know. And something about them to me, like Alistair Overeem, he's like one of my all-time uh-huh. favorites, just because he was a bodybuilder, you know, and just a big, huge guy, and he looked freaking awesome when he was, you know, up against someone in the cage. I like. Conor McGregor's just his attitude <laughs> yeah. you know I've never seen anything or heard anything like him before so he's entertaining as hell um Nate Diaz I enjoyed him as well there's so many you know I'm not like um I can't run through a list but you know if I'm on YouTube I'll sit there and I'll look at two three hours of fights or whatever and soak it all up everybody's good in their own right but you mm-hmm. know some people just bring a little extra pizzazz to the sport and the fight mm-hmm. how about female fighters like do you have a, a favorite female fighter um i mean i i like ronda but she was never really one of my favorites 
um, uh, what's the name of the f- first girl that beat her? I can't remember right now. That was Holly Holm. Holly Holm. I like her. She was fierce. I, I'd watched some of her fights before and I thought she was freaking awesome. I mean, I was kind of surprised that she didn't maintain the hype for a little bit longer, but, um, she was, she's pretty good. I like a lot of the girls out of, um, out of Canada. I saw a few of them, and I, I can't remember their names right now, but the Canadian martial art girls are pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like Chris Cyborg? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, she, uh, she's the... She, What's uh, not to like? <laughs> yeah, she's. I think she's one of the, I mean, the best. I mean, there's no question of that. But Yes, that's who I was actually trying to think of. I remember her name is Cyborg, but I can never remember. You know, that's her nickname, but I can never remember her proper name. Just that she had, when I first saw her, these weird kind of cane road hairstyles. And she used to look like a Terminator, kind of. I find the nicknames, like, some of the best things in mixed martial arts. Because it's, like, of course, you got Conor McGregor, the notorious one. Um, yeah. You got cyborg you i mean there's so many like of these cool cool nicknames which i think is very very uh different yep yep it is <laughs> yeah there's, there's so many and uh i love like heavyweights i think are the i like heavyweights fights i like the middleweight flights um some of the lower weights i just i don't know why it's just not as interesting they're mm-hmm. faster they're a lot faster like you can see it I, I, yeah, I mean, I enjoy going to the live events and watching everything from beginning to end, from featherweight, bantamweight, all the way up to heavyweights. But on TV, I'll probably just pay attention to like the 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 big name uh, matches. Mm-hmm. And is there yeah. like a fight you you look looking forward to at all? Like, um, like to see? all of them, all of them. You, you love all. <laughs> I like all of them. Yeah. Two weeks ago, there was, I think, I think the best UFC card ever. I don't, I don't think there was a better UFC card than I saw that time. Uh, was it two weeks ago? Two seventeen was a, was the best one. I mean, I, I did not think anyone was going to get knocked out. I thought it was all going to be decisions. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for me, I've been traveling from about the middle of September up until about two weeks ago. So I'm just now settling back in and enjoying my home and getting back into a normal routine mm-hmm. but while i was on tour i was not able to really catch up on much of anything other than weather news <laughs> mm-hmm. and do you do you watch like do you study fights like in terms of like when you watch something do you study how someone someone approaches it i certainly do I do with everything, not just with martial arts, but you know, wrestling moves, boxing matches, but certainly with MMA. I'll watch and rewatch something from certain angles, especially if it's like a fight where injuries occurred, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure I don't end up getting injured too. But you learn a lot from watching other fighters and you see things that you're like, oh, okay, I never, you know, didn't think about that, didn't see that coming, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't you feel like you know when you learn jujitsu or anything like that, and you try to change it, you try to change it to MMA style based. Um, like certain moves just don't work. Like, um, I mean, there's just like, do you ever have that issue where it's like it doesn't translate very well? 
Well, I mean, with my training, a lot of what we did were very old school, like, you know, these stances and um, these fancy kicks or, you know, spin punches. And in a ring, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, that makes no sense at all. You have to just be quick and get something in. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers the question, but um, that's been my experience at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I think that's something that um, I mean, there is some people that, that that have that weird, awkward style. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a very few people pull it off. Like mo- most people fight the same way, you know, either orthodox, maybe southpaw. Um, right. Um, but then you have like you know, Wonder Boy is one of my favorite fighters, so he just like it looks like he's in a karate match. Like there's no there's no question of what he's doing. Um, Right. So it, it it looks strange, like you know, oh, how's that gonna work? But it it seems to work for him. Yeah, I mean, most of the fighters I see, you know, they have a almost predictable. After you look at them, you know, a predictable style like Ronda Rousey. She's so predictable, you know, or just go to moves, one or two, you know, uh, powerful submissions, and and that's it. Like their repertoire isn't that much. But you know, you look at people when you go to like a, a martial arts tournament or you stop at a dojo and you look at a greeting ceremony or something and you know you see all this fancy stuff taking place and it's not it's not the same as what you'd see in a octagon at all and do you do you like look at what is your favorite part of mma like you know everyone has their kind of aspects where they enjoy um I like to see someone get knocked out. I kind of like the whole brutality behind it because I remember the first time I saw MMA match and I saw someone literally get a foot across their face and face went whipping and, you know, you saw blood start coming out. And you see that, I mean, not that I'm um, a thrill seeker, like I like to see people get hurt, but the shock value behind it. You know, it that's what kind of captivates me. Number one, that there's no other sport that's as physical or combative in that way. And then two, because I've done it too, I can generally appreciate the fear almost when you're up against someone and, you know, you don't know what they're bringing and you're, you know, just playing it second by second. So each match, I almost feel like I can be in there with whoever the fighter is, male or female, and experience that with them. And it, it gets me really excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. What, what, what do you, you know, there's so many training methods. I mean, some people like, um, you know, some people spar, some people don't do any sparring at all. They just drill. Um, what, what do you think is like the method now? Uh, in terms of what the present MMA fighters are doing? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, for developing your cardio and your conditioning, drills are a must. And then, yeah, you not you need to spar. You need to spar against as many people as you can, just to uh, you know get that uh, experience. Then, yeah, yeah, to get the experience, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, being against someone because um, it's one thing to go against a bag and imagine it's a person or shadow box by yourself. You know, but you need to 
pretty regularly, I would say at least twice a week, actually get in with someone and, you know, go, uh, whether it's three rounds or 10 rounds and, you know, do it like a real match. At least that's what I do because it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you fresh because it's MMA is such a physically demanding sport that unless you're actually doing it, going and, you know, taking a jog or lifting some weights or whatever, training with your boxing bag isn't going to isn't going to um, keep you in the shape that you need to be in or with the reaction speed that you need to have. Mm-hmm. And so then, you need to have both. Yeah. A lot of fighters, they, they uh, usually just, like they get the experience, like they fight as much as possible and then they stop the the sparring process because, uh, you know, injuries and a lot of other stuff. Um, do you think like that's the correct method to do? Because I know a lot of people are doing that. Well, I mean, it depends on what works for a person. Mm. Um, I believe in a sparring method, as I said. And I do it because I enjoy it. And it's not like you're trying to hurt someone or have them hurt you. But you need to, you know, be able to know how to handle being up against someone. And you won't get that type of uh, training using bags or shadow boxing or pads or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, there's a lot of people out there, like, how, like, people always ask, how do you take a punch? Like, like, you know, like, that's a typical question they ask. So, um, how, how do you, how do you, like, you know, when you get hit, what do you do just for someone who's never fought at all? You try to make yourself as small as possible. So, you know, you're a smaller target and you make yourself just as tight as possible, um, Again, with training, you learn how to take punches, you learn how to take kicks, you learn how to, you know, take a shin banging into your shin or a knee banging into your thigh, things like that. So it toughens you up a little bit. And when you're in um, a real life scenario, like a, a contest, then you're better conditioned and better prepared for blows like that taking place. Um, with my school, I mean, Part of our warm-up, you know, after you jog and you do your stretches, they'd have everyone actually line up. And our classes used to be pretty large, at least over 20 people. And they would take you one by one and you stand and everyone in the class gives you like 10 punches and then moves along. You know, and you have to keep your abs tight or they'll walk along and they'll give you like, you know, each two side kicks. And, you know, you have to keep your stomach tight for those 40, 50 sidekicks or whatever. And it sounds crazy, but it's part of the training. And it's something that that I think most athletes I know have gone through, especially when they're in a competitive level. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, there's so many things that we uh, like. How do a lot of people like want to know how do you deal with a loss? I mean, they all I mean, everybody loses at some point, especially if you're competing um regularly well when i the very few times i've ever lost you kind of know during the match you know that yeah it's going to go in the other person's favor and you know a loss sometimes already starts in your mind before it even takes place in the ring but i've i've been defeated by people who are much 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 bigger than me and much much more experienced than me probably two in my whole life um 
And yeah, you're e- you just have to suck it up to um, the better person one, and that's the nature of sport. And you can't beat yourself up too much about it. I mean, unless you genuinely know that you slacked off and didn't prepare for the task at hand. You know, once you've put your best foot into the ring and, and did the best that you could at that point in time, yeah, you just congratulate the other person for uh, being the better competitor and the better fighter and um get back and work on refining your skills mm-hmm. what do you think is like the best mental approach because you know a lot of people don't know how to kind of mentally prepare for that i mean oh i'm sorry almost dropped my phone um different things work for different people i um when I get into like a, a fight scenario um, at the schools, like when we're training or whatever, I think to myself, my life depends on this. Like, you know, I no longer see the other person as just um, somebody training in a school at six o'clock in the afternoon. In my head, it goes to my life depends on this. Like, this person is going to try to really hurt me and really kill me, and I have to take them down, <laughs> you know? And that's what I think of in the moment. But when it comes to my training, different things motivate me. Like, you know, I look at pictures of um, other athletes and or their videos, and that might give me a little push. Or, you know, I just, I just think of um, how good I would feel winning and making my friends and family proud and that gives me a, a little push you know mm-hmm. do you, you know do you get anxiety do you get nervous at all i mean uh some fighters don't some other fighters do um do you have that uh i always do yes not i would say that it's a lot more manageable now when i was younger i'd feel this nervousness and anxiety for like days yes 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 days <laughs> okay I can relate yeah. to that because some some people tell me they're always nervous. I I was like when I was a kid I was nervous like it, it just becomes I don't know there becomes like a, a sort of a calm. I mean yes. you're always kind of nervous, a little nervous but not like it's re- really easily be easy ma- manageable now. So Yes. Um exactly. But when I was a yeah. kid, my gosh, I remember my first Taekwondo tournament. I was just like why you know I, I, i'm next i'm next i'm next you know it's just yeah. that constant thing and then you see someone like right before you get their head kicked in and you're like yeah. oh this is not this is not this is not a good sign you know yeah and uh that's how i felt about it um some people have like that like you know i hear people like george st pierre saying it's the worst thing in the world i hate fighting you know <laughs> there's no, like you know i am so scared you know i puke my breakfast you know saying like like he's he gets that nervous which yes which i find interesting and then some other people like connor he says he's calm like it feels like everything's in line i'm like right. you know these are very two different ways of doing it um and they're both very successful, which I find interesting. Yes, it's true. I mean, I, as you said, I, I can definitely relate to when I was a kid freaking out. Like, to me, the thought of competing and being up against some unknown person freaked me out for like weeks <laughs> from the time I knew I'd have to compete. 
now it's like I don't even think about it. Like I know, all right, I have this set for this day or this set for that day. And it's literally just seconds before I might get a little bit nervous and I'll tell myself, you know, you got this. You know, you know what you're doing. You got this. And I feel fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <clears throat> what do you think? I don't know. There's no complete martial artist, but like, what do you think are the necessary kind of things you need to put in in order to become a martial artist? You know, I always say jujitsu. You need mm-hmm. you need jujitsu. You need some kickboxing, Muay Thai. Um, I mean, like you you just got to put all these things together. Uh, yeah. Wh- what for you are, are the styles that you have to put together? Um, well, definitely jujitsu. Um, I do kickboxing as well and grappling. Um, what else? I would say those are my three. Those are the three that I generally lean on. I mean, you might get creative here or there, but I do a combination of, 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 um, and I wanted to start doing a little capoeira as well because Mm. I have a gymnastics background and some of the capoeira groundwork is really well, is really good. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, it's, I always it, like learning new things. There's always there's always more to learn and different styles, and you're like, what is that? Yes. You know, I didn't know yeah. what capoeira uh, capoeira was. I was like, what is that? Like, it sounds like an ice cream or something. Like, <laughs> like it's just it's just not something that I I knew what it was. And you know, there's so many styles. I mean, wrestling is so much different than jujitsu, which I did right. not. You know, even though they're both about the ground, um, mm-hmm. they're very different in the way you approach it. Um, yeah so what do you think about like i mean you know um those professional wrestlers coming in and um you know be trying to be mma fighters and why not i mean i think it's great because um as an athlete i look at a lot of things on tv like i look at um what do you call it, American Ninja Warrior, and I was like, hey, I want to do that. And then when you see, you know, other, like when Dana Lynn Bailey did it, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Or, you know, the guy who plays uh, Oliver Queen, the Arrow, and he did it, I was like, that's really cool. Because, you know, when you're a competitive person, you want to almost try everything out and see if you can be good at it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and the two sports, they are somewhat similar. And a lot of people who have migrated from wrestling like um oh i'm so bad at names i have like the memory of a hundred year old woman um what's the name of the one with the long hair and the tattoos batista right yeah batista yes right so when he migrated from uh, wrestling and tried out the mma okay he wasn't great at it but he had already been practicing mma previously Mm -hmm. that was you know that was something that was in his in his sport backgrounds, if you want to see, um, not that he was competing, but he used to train in that field. Um, so why not? I think it's great. I think it's exciting. I think the mixture of the two worlds kind of exposes fans from one market to, you know, something new and it just, it makes sense. I like it. Yeah. I remember the rock saying that he was, he was thinking about doing MMA and I was like, my gosh, you know, you know how amazing that would be. and Ronda Rousey's trying to get into WWE. Yeah, I, li- I like I like the I don't know what it is, but everyone's like moving around. Like 
it's like you know you if you do mma you can do boxing now like that's yeah well it's like if you're an actor why just do romantic Mm -hmm. comedies why not do some science fiction or fantasy fiction you know so if you're a fighter you know it's just a matter or an athlete depending on what field you can be retrained you already have that you know ability to learn and perform physical tasks so it's just learning something new Mm -hmm. do you consider yourself a fighter or an athlete an athlete Mm -hmm. see yeah yeah (laughs) what is the difference in your mind because you know i've heard many different different perspectives on this um well i consider myself an athlete because i'm involved in more than one sport Mm -hmm. you know and you know bodybuilding has absolutely nothing to do with um fighting or you know any sort of competitive sport so that's why I use that term, and that's primarily what I'm known for and what I do is bodybuilding and fitness-related stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's why my my sense of identification kind of comes from um, and why I would refer to myself as an athlete. And I always like trying new things out, and, you know, I, as I told you from the start, I have a huge competitive drive, so... You know, once I get myself involved in something, I want to be the best. I want to do it, you know, better than everyone else and learn it quicker than everyone else. And <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you do you, like competing, like competing wise, do you have like goals of like what you want to do? I mean, a lot of people like, you know, I want to go to the Olympics or I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, is there anything for you that that is that? Well, when it comes to bodybuilding, my goal is the Rising Phoenix, which is um, the new and, I guess, largest uh, female bodybuilding competition that exists right now, since there's no longer female bodybuilding included at the Olympia um, or at the Arnolds. And, you know, those, those were previously or are still the largest contest in the world so you know there's the rising phoenix and my goal is to compete there one day and win not just compete and make up numbers um and do other shows as well but the rising phoenix is right now that show like the 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 olympics version of bodybuilding if you want to call it Mm -hmm. do you do you feel bodybuilding helps with mma or not mma but with martial arts or anything like that or the other way around um yes bodybuilding to an extent does help immensely because it gives you a lot more strength um when i when i competed as a natural fighter when i say a natural fighter i mean like you know you just get any dojo you do push-ups you do pull-ups you run around you might do a little weights here and there but you know you know that's not really the training that i had as a fighter it was a lot of body weights and plyometric and condition type training using yourself and a partner um so i was lean you know like that bruce lee look where you're tiny but shredded Mm. i was kind of like that and um at that time i you know as i said because i started as a kid when i was 17 my weight was probably like 90 to 95 pounds you know Mm. now i'm like 165 pounds and uh for someone at my height i'm five foot one 
my ideal body weight should be about 105, but I'm 60 pounds on top of that. And I am very strong. I've mm-hmm. fought against um, against uh, guys, because girls are afraid when they see me, mm-hmm. against guys <laughs> who <laughs> competed you know, internationally and are like title holders at international martial art tournaments and stuff. So these guys know what they're doing. They're black belts. They've been competing for a while here, there, and everywhere. And I've taken several of them down. Mm-hmm. You know, so it definitely helps. It gives you strength. It gives you a lot of power. Um, I think when it comes to being a bodybuilder, martial arts may not necessarily help you in the field of bodybuilding because, yes. you know, yeah, bodybuilding, you need, you want to be big. You want to be, you know, not necessarily bulky, but you want to be big. And with martial arts, yeah, you can't be too big because mm. sometimes the size can limit your speed and your flexibility and, you know, just your ability to do some things if you're too big as a fighter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what do you think as, you know, um, a lot of a lot of sports, you know, wrestling, you know, MMA, a lot of weight cutting. What's your opinion on weight cutting? Um, to an extent, it makes sense, um, but I, it's so hard though. Like when you have to come in, you know, in your weight class, and you know, you have to drop all this water or adjust your diet, and now you're going into a fight, and you feel dehydrated, or you feel hungry, or whatever, right? Because you're trying to make your weight class. Like, it's not really the best condition for the fighter, you know? And a lot of these guys, you see them coming in, and yeah, they're ripped, and yeah, they're shredded, but they have been working so hard, and they've been, you know, doing all this cardio, and what dieting so hard, and yeah, it's it, it almost is contradictory to what a fighter should really be doing to be a at their strongest, you know? So to an extent, it makes sense. But, um, and so far, you know, these guys, they come in and no one's really had any major health issues or any handicaps in their fighting. But uh, sometimes I do worry about it when I see, you know, uh, fighters from my gym getting ready for, for contests and I see them, you know, shrinking down. I worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone. Everyone thinks it should be. I think it's. There's no real solution to it because you know, everyone wants to be the bigger fighter. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be a smaller guy. You know, going into anything. Um, well, no, but what they do is they try to come in at the top end of the weight class, mm-hmm. right? And somebody who, let's say, wants to get into um middleweight does middleweight at top off at like 148 or 150 or something like that mm-hmm. anyway so if someone's trying to come in at that weight range but they're let's say 155 and now they're trying to drop like these five pounds i've seen guys you know like they sit in the sauna they do all this cardio they skip carbs for a week and you know it doesn't like i don't like that part of it it seems unhealthy but who am I to speak? Because with bodybuilding, we do the same thing, but the difference is we just walk on a stage and do a few poses. We're not taking any blows to our body, you know. Mm. Hey, yeah, I feel like bodybuilding is—it's very. I think it can help you with MMA or any martial arts because, my gosh, y'all are some of the strongest people I've ever met. 
Um, <laughs> you do not want to go to the ground with anyone who's a bodybuilder. It's just, it feels, it feels like I'm about to be strangled and like, you know, it, even though you may be a better tacticianly, you know, if they grab you, it's kind of hard to escape. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's what, how I feel about that. I think, I don't know. I think weight cutting should be, I don't think you should cut as much weight as people say, you know, don't go to the lowest weight class, go to like the second lowest or whatever. Um, right. Because you, you know, that's just, you're just hurting your body and you're not going to perform at your best. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to do it, like if it's for like a, it's a big opportunity or something like that, I always like, sure, you know, um, but most people it's just like, you know, um, it, it's not, it's not necessary. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, <laughs> do you love like what bodybuilding? Is that something that you always love? Was it something that you always did? Um, it's something that I was always exposed to. I wouldn't say that I loved it because, um, I, I really started appreciating bodybuilding when I was in my twenties, but I grew up and, you know, my dad, he had a homemade, you know, bench and squat rack and everything. He had like a whole entire homemade gym and he bought, you know, obviously the proper weight plates and the bars and everything. And he and all of my uncles um, and so forth used to train and used to lift. And um, I had, I think, two uncles that actually prepared and did bodybuilding contests back in Trinidad when I was a little kid. So it's something I always grew up seeing, you know, like guys lifting and having muscular bodies. Not women, though, you know, Um and I always liked women with muscular bodies. You know, from since it was cartoons, I loved um, She-Ra. I don't know if you even know what that is, but there was a cartoon where there was a guy called He-Man, and he had his own half-hour cartoon, and then his sister, She-Ra, and she had her cartoon. And she was like this muscular goddess, you know? And <laughs> I wanted her action figure. I wanted everything that was sold and made with her picture on it but at the time other girls you know they were into barbies i never had a barbie i never wanted a barbie <laughs> and then as i got older um you know that's that female body with muscle or to you know just muscular tone not necessarily big huge women like you know uh, arnold schwarzenegger but, you know, just women that had nice-looking legs, for example. Like, I, I used to love looking at the Olympics and seeing the track and field girls or the gymnastics girls and what their bodies look like. And I thought that was hot, and I thought that's what girls used to look like. So, you know, as I got older, I did gymnastics, and I did track and field because I wanted to look like that. And, um, yeah. When I got into my 20s, I joined a gym for the first time and pretty much in weeks, just doing my own thing, I started, you know, getting a little leaner, a little tighter. People started noticing and making really good comments about it. And I fell in love as I, and I got addicted and wanted to learn about bodybuilding. So I did a personal training course. I did nutrition courses and got certified in those fields 
and started practicing on myself and my friends. And then pretty soon I had a large client base and I was working out at every gym in my country. You know, I had um, uh, TV shows and radio programs and a lot of stuff going on back in Trinidad because this, uh, you know, bodybuilding became my passion and I became very good at it. And um, I had success with my clients and you know, people just wanted to learn and be educated about the whole science behind bodybuilding because, you know, it's no longer just a matter of getting in a gym and lifting up some heavy weights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And nutrition-wise, what do you do nutrition-wise? Um, it varies depending on what's going on with my schedule. You know, um, I eat clean pretty much all of the time. Um, and that's just because I prefer to eat that way. And when I say I eat clean, it's not like I eat six salads a day. Um, but, you know, I generally, I don't eat too much fast food. I don't ever have, like, desserts or much soda and stuff like that. And it's because, you know, again, the way I was brought up in Trinidad, that's not something I had access to, so it's not things that I like. Um, so I eat a lot of protein, generally chicken or turkey or fish uh not so much steaks and that you know if i do it's like on my cheat day which is once a week um and i maintain a very low carb diet um if i do have carbs it comes from sources like oats or um brown rice quinoa and i eat a lot of fruits and a lot of veggies and a lot of yogurts <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm ge that's generally how I am. People who know me, they know I can eat a lot of food, but I generally eat very clean all of the time. I'm, I'm always eating probably every two hours. It's, and it's not like I'm sitting having like a gigantic meal. <laughs> it's like a little snack, but, you know, I'm constantly eating. Constantly. And you're just trying to, you know, feed yourself. And is that... and for you is that for your bodybuilding or is that help with mma as well or both it's gen it's it's you're awake for probably 16 hours out of a day the average person but the average person eats twice a day which is very unhealthy because your body's demanding pretty much a constant amount of energy throughout the day so you should be providing it with a constant amount of food throughout the day right um, so for me, I just, I can't sit and eat like a large plate of food. You would look at me and think that I would be able to eat a very large plate of food. I really can't. So I will eat a little bit of food and then come back two hours later and have like a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, and that kind of keeps my metabolism very high. It keeps my stomach flat. Uh, my waist and shape because when you eat a large amount you know you're you now have more in your stomach so your stomach can protrude a little bit more and um yeah just little things like that kind of help me stay in shape without working out because sometimes my schedule gets very hectic and i might have to skip the gym for a week you know which in my fields and my profession a week is a long time generally you know um you're as a professional athlete you're in a gym every day <laughs> at least once a day mm -hmm. 
And yeah. how much everyone want like, you know, overtraining, overtraining. Um, how yeah. much time do you put into training? Uh, well, now because um, it's what you would say the off season because there's no contests um, that I can compete in. And generally, there's no bodybuilding contest, you know, November, December through to January of any given year. So um, I would work out for roughly a, an hour, 10, hour and a half. And then, you know, separately, I would do like half an hour cardio every day. Um, and I would take one day off each week. So that's six days a week. So you could stay anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours in a gym. Hello. Hey, Brandon, I don't know if you're there still. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I'm hearing okay. you now. Something happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Okay. Yeah, I guess the service got a little loopy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, yeah, like. You can go. Yeah, like I was saying, you know, I'm generally in the gym um, anywhere from four to six days a week, depending on how much traveling I'm doing and uh, anywhere from an hour to two doing my workouts and my cardio and all of that stuff. And how do you keep your nutrition on point, especially when you're traveling? Um, well, I try. I, I've done a lot of traveling so i'm very experienced with it i have all the apps on my phone for you know uber eats and um grubhub and everything um so i generally stay at hotels that are pretty close to uh downtown and that way i can just stop and get something to eat and while i'm on the road i eat soups and salads (laughs) you know (laughs) you really can't get fat eating soups and salads um, and I might just, you know, purchase like an appetizer where there's chicken or shrimp or something to get like a little extra protein. Um, and other than that, you know, I try also to pack my meals. So at least I have stuff with me where I go. So simple things for me would be almonds or yogurts, fruit bowls, salad bowls, or, you know, wraps. Uh, they sell them at Walmart or Winn-Dixie or Publix chicken wraps and turkey wraps and they're pretty good and they're really high in protein so it's not the idealist situation i love to cook so i prefer home cooked meals but when i'm traveling i don't have that time so i just try to get the next best thing and you know soups salads and high protein wraps are pretty safe and then there's always the ready to drink uh like protein bars and protein shakes that you can keep in your car or take with you to the airport and uh those are like a meal Mm -hmm. so one thing i want to last thing i want to talk about is supplements what yeah what what, do you take supplements is that something that you do uh well often on like again i generally like to cook my meals and stuff and when it comes to supplements uh it's it's a dietary supplement. So if you're taking even a vitamin or a mineral or a protein shake, it's because you're not getting enough protein or enough vitamins or enough minerals from what you're eating. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm always eating. So if I feel like I'm a little run down or I'm getting sick or something, you know, I might, uh, 
take some glucosamine or uh, some extra amino acids and that kind of stuff. Or if I'm preparing for a contest, I definitely have everything. I have whey protein, casein protein, complex carbs, amino acids, every kind of um, vitamin and mineral and, uh, <laughs> you know, grapeseed extract or coffee bean extract, everything you can think of. I will probably use at that point in time. <laughs> but when it's not for contest prep, no, I just, I eat healthy and um, I eat a lot of fresh food and I just kind of give my body an opportunity to like cleanse and go back to being somewhat normal as opposed to the high stress, low carb, high protein lifestyle that I have to go through when I'm preparing for bodybuilding contests. Mm, that's interesting that's interesting because you know a lot of people have different you know some people it's all about supplements it's like that's what makes you better um some people don't take any at all which i i'm like huh how do you then how do you fit all that stuff you need you're all the protein you need i mean yeah so no i mean i think yeah whatever works best for someone is definitely what you should do but what what works best for me is you know, just trying to eat. And um, I know my body well enough. And I understand the science and biology of my body. So I know when I need to take a little extra iron or more vitamin C or something like that. And, you know, I'm generally in a healthy state. So I don't get sick that often. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a very high energy person. But when you're preparing for a contest, it's an entirely different diets and training regime that you go through so you most definitely have to supplement otherwise you feel so tired and so sore and your muscles feel so achy you don't want to get up and go to the gym you know so that's when you you need it the most mm -hmm. so where can everyone find you you know social media wise oh i'm pretty easy to find you just have to put in my name, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, or even my website. My name is Kashma Maharaj, uh, Kashma with a K, A-S-H-M-A, -A and Maharaj. And um, like I said, just look me up and follow me. I'm always appreciative of the support and, you know, any good feedback and uh anybody that i can probably you know help out by motivating because of my story and the things that i do you know i enjoy doing that through social media very much all right well you can find cashmore on all those and uh you know i'll put those in the description y'all y'all can look uh, check her out and see what you know amazing person that's all i gotta say about you i mean you're <laughs> uh, there's no other words to say you know um, I, I look forward to whatever your journey is. I mean, if it's MMA, I would love to see, you know, watch that as well. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brandon. It was really fun catching up with you and talking shop a little bit. You know, I'm actually getting ready to head out to the gym, get a workout done uh, here in sunny Florida. So I'll keep you posted about all of my plans and any competitions that I have coming up. And um, yeah, it was great catching up with you. Mm -hmm. It was great talking to you as well.